Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul. Welcome back to another episode of Creepy Court and Folklore. I thought it would be really fun to kind of go back to something that I was used to doing, um, which is going over random scary stories and urban legends from different states. So I have a couple, I have three states that I'm going to cover today that I think would be a lot of fun. So first up is Delaware. Um, I chose this because when I first saw it on the list of urban legends from each state, and I'll make sure I link that below, it sounded like my cat could choose name. And little did I know that that's part of the problem. <laughs> um, in 1741, colonial, in colonial Delaware, there was a Supreme Court Chief of Justice named Samuel Chu, and it's spelled C-H-E-W. And what would happen is that this guy would constantly get made fun of and people would mimic sneezing or chewing when they saw him. So I have like several notes here. First, it seems like Chu was a white guy, but there are many people of color who have a similar sounding last name, maybe spelled differently, maybe not. And they've most likely are of East Asian descent. So there's more like intersectionality there. And so I'm just thinking about like, if this guy back in the day who had all this power was made up, made fun of this intensely to then become an, a, a bitter ghost, then like, I can only imagine what would happen with people of color, you know? So that just made my mind real where I'm like, dude, there, like, you cannot be the only one that this happened to. And also that sucks that that even happened to him. Also, I was just thinking the second point I that came to mind is that also that quote joke end quote would get so old so fast. I have a feeling it's kind of like that like really old dad joke um, that like you hear all the time. Like, oh, you accidentally left your keys in the house as you're leaving your parents' house. You go back in and you're like, oh, I forgot my keys. And they're like, you wouldn't have gotten very far. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, you can call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. I mean, like, I am so (laughs) sick of those dad jokes or like, hi, or you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. And they're like, hi, hungry. I'm so-and-so. And And it's like, stop it. (laughs) And it's like, could you imagine going to work and every day there's people who like chew loudly or pretend to sneeze or wipe their nose as you're like going into work. And they're like, yeah, it's because your name sounds like chew. Get it? Get it? And it's like, oh my God. And the third thing that comes to mind is that Kachu was named Kachu from the original home he was in. Also, all of my cats have zoomies right now. So if you hear like pounding foot footsteps that's what that is he was like in that home space and he was called kachu because he's like really fluffy he has a flat face and like he kind of just looks like a sneeze so he was named that way for sneeze reasons which i think is hilarious and also even though no one should have like 
their name being made fun of that's like so annoying and the person has that name for potentially the rest of their life or their entire life like stop making fun of people's names it's annoying and it's not funny but I'm just thinking like the fourth thing that came to mind it just I'm just like there are plenty of people with different kinds of last names that aren't as much of a reach as Chew like butts, cocks, dicks, any of those, like, also don't make fun of people with those last names. But you know how, like, simplistic people can be sometimes where they're like, huh, it's genitalia, huh, it's bodily fluids. Like, anything related to those two things seem to cause, like, I don't know, a big reaction where the person gets made fun of. And I'm just thinking, like, chew? Like, is this, like, that's, like, what you chose, that's the hill you decided to die on was making fun of a guy with the last name Chu, of all things? Like, get a grip. But it's said that Samuel Chu's ghost was still lurking under the nearby poplar tree outside of, like, the courthouse, and that he'll tug on the suit jackets of people, and he'll make specifically women's feet cold. Um, I think that's an odd way to get revenge if that's actually happening. Um, it's, but also I could see that being more menacing too, because it's inconvenient and you don't know where the source of it coming from. Okay, now let's go over to Indiana. One of the most haunted cemeteries in Indiana is the 100 Steps Cemetery. So it's actually called Carpenter Cemetery or Cloverland Cemetery, but... Um, it is on a hill that faces west, and as you might have already guessed, there's 100 steps to get to the summit. So there's two different, like, ghost legends, I want to call them, or ghost stories, um, or lore behind the 100 Steps Cemetery. It kind of reminds me of, um, like, oh, if you say this thing with the door closed and the lights turn off in the mirror, then this will happen. Like it's that kind of thing. But one of the ghost legends is that during a new moon or if there's no moon, um, I don't know if that means like if there's a lot of cloud cover or what, or if it's an actual new moon, but you're supposed to count the steps as you climb and as you descend. So if you have a different number at the bottom, like once you've gone up and then back down, then you were pranked by a ghost. Um, That's kind of boring in my opinion, but in real life, it would freak me out. So me reading about it, I'm like, meh, child's play. But then if I were to do that, like in person, I would be wigged out the entire time. The second uh, legend related to the 100 steps is that you're supposed to climb to the top of the steps and count as you go, just like before. Um, and then you turn and look down the hill and there's supposed to be the ghost of the first caretaker, uh, will appear before you as an apparition and will tell you how you'll die. And then you descend the steps and count again. And if there were are mismatching steps, like if you have 98 or 105 steps that you count down, then that means that the prediction that the caretaker ghost said will come true. Um, and if you have a matching, like if it's 100 up and then 100 down, then that means that they were just trying to scare you and that wasn't actually how you'll die. I'm already trying to find loopholes to this, like, oh, well, you know, what if you, uh, 
count the number one all the way up? Or what if you leave and, and like, don't go down the steps after you get that kind of thing, that like prediction. But apparently if you try and leave the path or you don't count at all, um, or don't count correctly, a devil's handprint will show up somewhere on your body and stay there for days. Um, I personally would rather have a gross slappy red handprint on me than have this weird prediction that I'm wondering when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen and what it's going to look like. Like, oh my God, the more, the fear of mortality would have a chokehold on me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Not like, uh, the, the handprint will go away in a couple of days and wig me out about you know, what just happened and why I did that to myself. I'll want to know, like, would you want to know how you'll die? I know that there was a, um, a, there's a book that I read that I really, um, didn't much care for. And I think it's because it tapped into me not wanting to know. Um, but it's called, they both died at the end. It's very popular. And the sequel came out, um, recently where one, I think it's called one, when one dies at the end or something like that. But basically it's, you're in this alternate, uh, reality. Like it's, it's like earth. It's like the U S like everything's the same, except for somehow they know that you will die at some point at the end of that day. They don't know when or how, but it will be that day. Um, and they call and kind of tell you that your demise is near and no one knows how they know or like where they, like how the computer system tells them that information and why they're always right. Um, and people try and stop it and people try and induce it. And like, there's all sorts of other things that happen that like, it, it, it's really dark. And sometimes there were parts of it that were comforting. And then other times I think I'm the type of person where if I know what a fate is, I try and change it. And if someone tells me that it's not possible to change that, that really just doesn't go with my creed. Like, I really feel like we're in control of our futures and what happens in the future and that decisions we make now will affect us and ripple out into the future and that it's not like some set thing from the time you're born. And so I think because there was such a mismatch, it made me not very much like or enjoy that particular book but also I'm not in the age category it's meant for either so take that into account as well and I can also understand why there were like comforting parts to it and like living life in the moment and um, not you know denying yourself certain things and like choosing happiness all sorts of stuff so on that morbid note (laughs) let's head over to Massachusetts this one's a doozy okay so there are lots of stories of from Massachusetts that are very creepy, like stories of people wandering into the woods where they hear people calling for them, but then never coming back. Um, there's like certain spells or areas that are considered haunted or like heavily haunted and cursed. Um, probably cause it's part of new England. There's like, it's like old. Um, and there, there's some time from like Coloniz- when colonization and settlers took place too, where there's like lots of uh, generational trauma as well there. And so I know for a fact that I need to do just like a spooky episode all about Massachusetts at one point. I think that would be really cool because it definitely sounds like a spooky place. I mean, the fucked up history of the Salem witch trials are there. I mean, I know that the witch trials happened all over the place. And now after doing the um, werewolf, the special werewolf episode for episode 29, now I know that, uh, you know, there was, uh, 
fear of werewolfism and like there it's not just witches and witchcraft and stuff that were persecuted there was like perception of anyone who's different and being called a witch means a million different things just like being called a werewolf means a million different things to different people it's it's very interesting like persecutorial language that takes place but what I think is like you know it would be fun to visit there also I think that's where the legend of sleepy hollow is maybe no I'm not sure now I think I'm wrong I'm gonna double check that Never mind. That happens in New York. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow happens in New York. But there are lots of spooky things about Massachusetts. But the one thing that we're going to hone in on today is I'm going to talk about the many spirits of Hoosack Tunnel. Now, there were so, so many stories. I boiled it down to just a couple, but I'm including the link um, of the article that I used for this um, because it lists like so many accounts and it takes like verbatim from certain people's letters, like written to family members or loved ones from their time and firsthand accounts of what they saw in Hoosack Tunnel and during the construction of it and stuff like that. But so if you want to take a look, but these are just a couple of the stories that stood out to me. So Hoosack Tunnel was specifically for like bridge construction. Um, It's like a tunnel. It was originally made for um, railway travel, but it's not only a tunnel, but it also turned into a bridge later, I believe. But this tunnel construction started in 1851 and it took 25 years to complete because of all of the serious issues that happened around it and then the superstitions that happened because of that. But this was the time when it was mostly made using black powder, picks, and shovels, meaning that this entire construction was done by hand. Over the course of those 25 years, 200 men died. And at one point, there was this really serious action accident that happened that made it, everyone refer to it as, quote, the bloody pit. There were so many tragic and sudden deaths there, explosions, collapses, um, even a murder that happened between one miner to the other. Um, One that is specific um, that they that isn't related to the this one minor murdering another. This is a different kind of murder. Um, but this is when nitroglycerin was first introduced to the US. Um, and that's an explosive. So on March 20th, 1865, three explosive experts were going to use it. So there was Ned Brinkman, Billy Nash, and Ringo Kelly, which I'm sorry, I didn't realize that Ringo was an actual name until I saw Ringo Kelly. I thought it was like, I'd only heard of it with Ringo Starr, and I thought, you know, that's his stage name, so. Um, but no, Ringo is a name, I didn't realize. So um, what they did is they placed several charges, um, like Ned Brinkman and Billy Nash placed several charges while Ringo Kelly sat in the bunker where they were supposed to set these charges and then run back to the bunker, and once they were all sealed in, then they would set them off. However... Ringo Kelly set it off before the men were secured in the bunker for some reason, um, and they were buried alive. And afterward, Ringo Kelly couldn't be found um, at all, which made it seem like, okay, well, these are explosive experts, and these two men were found under all the rubble, and Ringo Kelly was nowhere to be found, so they thought that maybe it was foul play. However, almost like an exact year later, so this accident happened, accident, I mean, 
We don't know. On March 20th, 1865, a year and like 10 days later, on March 30th, 1866, two miles inside the tunnel, almost at the exact same spot where Brinkman and Nash were killed, Kelly was found there and deemed to have been strangled to death. So I thought that was a really creepy and that after that, like there were all these accidents that were happening, but after that particular accident and then finding Ringo later really made a bunch of people no longer want to work on this project of Hussack Tunnel any longer. So many people would refuse to work or they would walk out, especially if there was an influx of um, these strange happenings. So, so a ton of people would report seeing, um, certain apparitions, ghost lights, or thing, hearing things that they couldn't explain. So Paul Travers, um, he was a mechanical engineer and a cavalry, cavalry officer in the Civil War. He was like decorated, renowned, like that kind of thing. Um, he wanted to tour Hoosack Tunnel and investigate what the miners were reporting. So one of the biggest ones that he was like, there's no way that's what's happening. One of the biggest ones was is was that there was a man, like a sound of a man crying out in agony or several men crying out in agony. And he, uh, Paul Travers was like, no, it's probably like the wind through the tunnel. Like making a tunnel will make the wind funnel a certain way and it can make things sound a certain way and also it can carry um sounds oddly and like in an echo type of way so it was just like helpful to like he was like I'm gonna investigate and see what's actually going on so he did a tour and he ended up writing his sister afterward saying that like he had heard groans and cries of pain but when they turned up their kerosene lamps no one was there um, so that it would be brighter and brighter. It would sound like it was happening like right next to him and no one was there. And he said that he hadn't been that frightened since Shiloh, which I I wasn't quite sure what Shiloh is. It might have been a battle. It might have been a certain area. I'm going to have to like look into that. When I look it up, all that I see are the Shiloh books um, <laughs> uh, that I absolutely adored when I reading when I was a kid. Um, but nothing about like the Civil War type Shiloh. He also noted in this letter to his sister that he knows what men crying out sound like from the war that he had survived and led parts of. And he even hypothesized in this letter that it might have been Nash or Brinkman, the explosive experts that had been buried alive. And he said, without a doubt, it is not the wind. On October 17th, a month after Travers was visiting, um, there was a really scary um, gas explosion that destroyed the pumping station, like that pumped out the water and pumped water through. And there were 13 miners that were killed. And there's more information about what happened and, you know, what all went on afterward and like the lasting impact of that trauma for the men working there and the families and stuff. But that's where it got its name, the Bloody Pit. Even after the construction of Hoosack Tunnel was completed, it was turned into a railway. And so there are many stories from the when it was a railway that was discussed by the general population. There were tons and tons of them. But the one that stuck out to me the most was by Joe Impoco. Um, he was saved twice while 
um, caring for the railway and like doing maintenance on it. The first time was when he heard a man call out, run, Joe, run. And so he dropped everything he was doing and he ran away. And it turns out there was like um, a locomotive coming through that he had no idea was happening on the bridge at the time. And if he hadn't been warned to run away, then he would have been hit and struck and killed. The second time he was saved was when he was using this uh, pick or like a crowbar type thing, some metal rod of some sort to pry up these um, locomotive wheels that had been somehow frozen to the track. And so he was really trying to crowbar them up and pry them up. But that same voice said, drop it, Joe, drop, drop it. And so he quick like let go of the crowbar and took a step back. Um, and there was a live wire that suddenly snapped and shot the um, railway through with electricity that absolutely like a voltage that would have killed him. And so he tried to pay homage to that spirit that had saved him once a year. But yeah, overall, there were tons of stories. People who went missing, get it, people who got disoriented going into the tunnel and then finding them in the woods, not remembering anything but since what happened to them in the tunnel. Um, people getting beat up and harmed with all sorts of marks all over them, even though it was only them in the tunnel. Um, floating apparitions, even one without a head. Oh, you know what? Maybe that's why I thought that this was... Uh, uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow related. But you know, those headless ghosts, they'll get you every time. Um, there were ghost lights, like kerosene lamps that looked like they were coming through, but there was nobody there. Or orbs. Um, I know in Wispy You Away, I talked about uh, orbs and will-o'-the-wisps and things like that. And it seemed like both of those, there were reports of those kinds of things happening. Um, and there are still like um, people who report the groaning and people calling out in pain. Uh, there are like bloody pit stories that are alive and well today that the, the legends just keep piling up and Hoosack Tunnel is still said to be haunted even now. So what do you think about all those stories? Um, would you visit any of these haunted places? I think I would feel comfortable visiting maybe the 100 Steps Cemetery during the day. And, um, I could probably go to like the courthouse, um, in Delaware. I think that would be fine. Um, I always have cold feet. So I feel like if he were to, if Samuel Chu were to make my feet cold, I think I'd be all right. Or if someone tugged at me, I would just think it was my baby. <laughs> like I would just write it off and not even think that there was something supernatural happening. Um, but when it comes to Hoosack Tunnel, no fucking way. I'm not going in there. I'm not going anywhere close to there. There's no reason for me to do that. <laughs> Absolutely none. I would nope right out of there. But I'd love to know your thoughts um, about any of these places, if there are other things that you've heard about them, um, if you have any urban legends related to where you live. I would really, really like to know those because I know that there are so many, like every space on this earth has the potential to have like urban legends associated with them. And so I'd really love to hear all about it. But thank you for letting me talk about fun ghost stories with you. You know, super fun. Not macabre at all. <laughs> Um, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. 
Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.